Hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the new series of podcasts from the RPG Academy, where we bring on guests and we talk about cool shit. Tonight's cool shit is Battle Bards, a new Kickstarter, which is a, um, well, I don't even exactly know how to explain it, but basically it's a fantasy audio program. It's a bunch of tracks that you can have access to, as well as some tools that let you mix and match your own. Uh, I probably butchered that uh, definition explanation, so we'll let the creator help us with that later. Caleb, you are joining me as always. Caleb, how are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing great tonight, Michael. How about you? I am doing fine and dandy, so we'll just go ahead and cut to the chase here and introduce our guest tonight, who's Alex. Alex, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Now, so is is Battle Bards your baby? Are you a part of a team that does this? Like, where did this come from? And just, you know, give us the high-level overview of what Battle Bards is. Absolutely. So definitely part of a team. And we're all pretty passionate, hardcore gamers. Um, so I would say, um, I guess as far as the progenitor, I, I guess this is my baby. Um, I've been a GM for 20 years. I've uh, been using audio extensively in my games for 15 years. And over the years, um, you know, here in the Orange County Gaming Group, which is just kind of a collection of like-minded gamers here in Southern California, you know, I've been jamming for a really long time, and uh, everyone there just really, really likes the the games that I run, and audio has a big part. So I just kind of went to the team a couple years ago and said, hey, do you guys think that there'd be other GMs out there that would love amazing audio custom-made for tabletop gaming? They said, yeah, we think so. So long story short, we did our first Kickstarter, which was Realm Sound, um, a couple years ago, was super successful. So we, th- we thought, okay, well, there's actually quite a few people that like what we're doing. And then... Um, Recently, about a year and a half ago, we said, well, let's create an engine to constantly bring professional talent to make this audio. And that's where BattleBards kind of came along. So uh, really happy of where we are and how much uh, we've gone. And um, as far as what specifically is it? Great question, because uh, it's going to be hard uh, to follow your follow-up, Michael. That was, uh, you know, it's pretty good, man. It's not bad. No worries, man. No worries. Um, but yes, so you basically hit it. It's two major aspects. So first, it's going to be a massive library of professionally made music, sound effects, soundscapes, monsterscapes, languages, voiceovers, you name it. By What do I mean by professionally made? Uh, This isn't garage level talent. Um, This is people who usually do national work. If anyone's uh, the the example that I like to bring for what kind of talent we work with uh, or and hope to be working with, uh, do you guys remember Darkwing Duck on Disney's Afternoon? Yeah, definitely. We actually just had a conversation about Drake Mallard in one of our upcoming episodes. Very cool, very cool. Well, one of our talents was on Darkwing Duck. She did, um, I think, the voice for one of the sidekicks of uh, Gizmo Duck, and I forgot what it is. I, I got to go check it. But so, no, we, we work with some pretty major talent. So the huge library is one thing. The other is the tools, which, Michael, you touched on. As a GM that's been using audio for a long time, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have too, it's one thing to have all this incredible audio, but it's another to actually be able to use it seamlessly in-game. Uh, nothing destroys the energy faster at the table than, you know, your players are in this climactic scene fighting the BBG and then all of a sudden it's, 
uh, uh, hold on, guys. I wasn't able to queue up that track in time, and you're kind of waiting now for a sound effect. You lose the moment. I mean, your players could be really cool, be like, okay, that's fine, but that moment is gone. You have to have those tools as close to the GM as humanly possible. So the soundboard and the mixer that's coming part of Battle Bards is that solution. That kind of long-winded answer to that question, does that kind of work? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, um, I, Caleb had told me that we were going to talk to you, and, I, and you and I have actually been communicating on Twitter quite a lot. I appreciate you've been supporting us with retweets and that kind of thing. So I started checking out the Kickstarter today, and I just started you know, hit, listening to some of the samples. And I'll admit, I was into it. I, I'm not necessarily an audio guy at the table, but as I was listening, I like the first one. It's like the Dwarven Underground. I was kind of like knocking, you know, rocking my head a little bit. Like, this sounds pretty damn good. I'm actually really liking this. N- now, my obvious question, as I, as I like to do, is I take things away off on tangents. Sure. Is for like podcasting. You know, I know a lot of the more polished podcasts these days are adding music and sound effects. Is it okay for podcasters like myself to try to take some of this audio and use it? Or are we crossing some sort of uh, common use license if we do that? Uh, so there's two distinct parts of audio um, as far as from under the hood or the licensing aspect. There's audio that the company purchases in order to hand out as promotions or whatnot. And then there's audio that's going to be licensed. The fact of the matter is we want all of this audio out there, you know, for gamers to really see the immersive aspect that this lends to gaming as much as possible. So I'm confident that all the audio is going to be okay for podcasting. I think is as long as it's used through the system, because the way that the licensing system is going to work, if you're familiar with like Spotify, is uh, artists are being compensated based on the number of unique plays. So if it's through the system, the artists are still earning the revenue that's attached to their piece. That's no problem. As far as incorporating it into like a commercial aspect, that's something that could be negotiated through Battle Bards and also through the artists. But the point is, the last thing we want to do is have any roadblocks to using this audio in, and get this in the hands of passionate gamers. And podcasts, what a medium, what an incredible medium to really show people this is gaming without audio, this is gaming with audio, and then here's gaming with professional audio. So you're not going to find a more invested party to get this in the hands of podcasters, people who stream, people who play uh, in virtual tabletops. That's where we want to be. Very, very cool. Caleb, what kind of questions do you have for our guest tonight? Well, first off, Alex, thanks again for jumping on with us tonight. Uh, a peek for all you listeners behind the curtain here. We have been trying to put together this interview for a really long time here. Schedules and stuff just did not match up. So I am so pleased that we could take this time this evening. I, I stumbled across Battle Bards on Twitter, and that's how we started talking about all this. And once I figured out what it was, I got really freaking excited because this is such a cool thing uh, to be able to have as a GM. At its, at its very core, just being a resource at the table where as a GM, I can just click a couple buttons and have monster sounds, background music, background sounds. If I'm in a battle in a desert, in a jungle, a big siege of a castle. I mean, the fact that I could just pull all that stuff up is so cool. And uh, and the fact that you are actually bringing in professional voice acting talent to support some of the, the spell work on the, and the monster sounds and the incantations, uh, 
that's amazing. That is just amazing. Uh, you touched on so many things. And you guys, please feel free to stop me because since this is such a passion of mine, I will keep going and I will probably even drool into the mic a bit. So uh, <laughs> you, seriously, you guys need to tell me to stop. But Caleb, you raised so many really, really interesting things if I could touch on. Um, so the soundboard, how does that work? You know, how does that, how do we really bring the audio closer to the jam? What we do is the, the whole system is being laid out as a series of customizable playlists. So you could set up from, from this huge library, and we're going to have this very innovative search engine uh, that we're kind of um, uh, getting some inspiration from some of the most sophisticated audio search sites out there. Um, you're going to be able to canvas what you're looking for very, very quick, and you're going to be able to add audio to your playlist whatever way makes the most sense to you. So let's say you kind of, based on your notes from the next gaming session, you have an idea of what kind of music, what kind of sound effects or voiceovers or spells that you want. So you can have a playlist called session 67, whatever it happens to be, and you can have all that audio there. And that audio could be stuff that is in script. So, you know, you need to play this uh, track with this narrative, or you're going to need, you know, these sound effects for whatever reason, or you could also have sound effects, for instance, that you know, you're going to need on the fly. So maybe you don't know exactly when in the script you're going to want that, you know, heavy, blunt weapon hitting plate mail because you're just going to use it as the moment presents itself. It's going to be on the screen right there, ready for you at all times. You could also organize your audio by category. That's what I like to do. So in fact, I use a little bit of both. So I have playlists that I know that I'm going to need for my gaming session. And then I also create playlists using sometimes overlapping audio by category. So for example, tavern voiceovers, that's going to be a playlist. Uh, weapon hitting plate mail is going to be another one, or it's going to be soundscapes, whatever it happens to be. And you could quickly flip through these. So if an event kind of presents itself that you didn't think you're ready for, you're going to have a playlist that has all that audio on screen. None of this multiple media players open, you know, before I have to have iTunes, Windows Media Player, Winamp, I have all these open because I don't have time to kind of go and queue through a list. I need, I need these on demand. That's gone. That that needs to go away because that doesn't make it practical. No more annoying, you know, Geico ads on YouTube. Oh my gosh, I've had that happen before. This super dramatic deep scene where a major NPC dies. And I think I was playing like uh, Dumbledore's Farewell from Harry Potter, this just moving scene. And all of a sudden the Geico ad comes on. I'm like, oh my God, there goes that moment. No. Uh, so that needs to go away. That is going away um, through the use of the, the soundboard. Um, then there's the mixer and that's where things just get crazy. So you're going to be able, and by the way, you don't need to be a sound engineer. You don't need to know, you know, anything really about audio, the whole, the, the, the most you're going to have to need to know to mix tracks is click and drag and, and, and click a button. If you could do that, you're done. So if you want to do, for example, on a tavern voiceover, you want to do, um, you know, uh, one of a, a kind of like a lively background where people are joking, clinking glasses, like the gnome celebration, for instance, you could literally just open up the mixer, put the gnome celebration in the back, put the voiceover in the front and you're done and you have a mix ready for you. So now not only are we going to have what we're hoping to be a thousand tracks by 2016, I mean, that increases exponentially now that you can do whatever mix you want. And then to add another level to this, you're going to be able to mix with your own audio with BattleBards audio. So get that for a second. So for example, we have this tavern voiceover 
uh, track, which is hysterical. You, you know, it kind of goes through uh, some games of chance that the PCs can play, including Goblin Toss, which is hilarious. Um, a couple weeks ago, I mixed that with Two Hornpipes by Hans Zimmer, Dead Man's Chest, this very lively Tortuga-esque type of theme. And now I had something that my players thought I had orchestrated, uh, which I didn't, but those two just meshed so well, and it probably took me 10 seconds to set up. So now with you being able to mix with your own libraries, you know, along with the BattleBard stuff, forget it. I mean, the sky's the limit of what you can do. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> we, it, it is super, super obvious that this is your passion project, Alex. I, I know <laughs> listeners can't see how excited you are on the video screen, but you are just chomping at the bit here with how crazy into this thing you are. And, you know, we've, been lucky enough to talk to lots of people about the hobby people that write books write modules that are involved in the craft from all levels and whenever we get somebody that is really really passionate and really really excited we know that a really good product is right around the corner thanks man <laughs> no that 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 means a lot um yeah to to say gaming uh, gaming's not a hobby, and you know my my wife is really sweet. She's listening to this, and um, she's been very very nice to put up with something that's above a hobby. It's a passion. Uh, back in my golden years, when I had a lot less responsibility, I would really literally work ten to fifteen hours to create the next gaming session, which is an obscene amount of time. But you know the whole collective storytelling element of tabletop gaming, and whether it's D and D, Shadowrun, GURPS, you you name it, you're there with friends, having some beers, or back then soda pops, or probably back then beers too. But um, uh, you know, and, and you're you know the jokes are flying, you guys are are hanging loose, but then you guys are also engaging yourselves in that Lord of the Ring type of epic story, that epic um, interaction between players and NPCs. There's nothing else like it. So um, I thought this would be a natural extension to help continue to bring that immersive nature to the storytelling element of tabletop gaming. And audio really is a natural evolution to this. I mean, we have virtual tabletops. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, a, a lot of kind of very incremental evolutions that have happened since the 1970s. But I feel like audio has in large been neglected. I mean, I think we all know the power of audio when it comes to, for example, movies and video games. The example that I love to cite, I don't know if you've guys seen the YouTube video, but you guys can watch the the ceremony scene in New Hope of Star Wars without John Williams in the background. And the reason it's so funny is because it falls so flat. I mean, it's two guys walking down a hall. And if you want to get even more absurd, there's watching the opening crawl of Star Wars with no audio. I mean, okay. That, that's a much different experience, right? Than that, you know, really epic, evocative track that comes on. And it's the same with gaming. I absolutely agree. Um, Michael and I have talked frequently in the past couple years about how to create the proper mood at the gaming table, how to get everybody involved, how to foster the excitement and that just really organic role-playing and i think every single episode that we have brought up that subject we have said well one of the best ways to foster that is with audio so pull up a a soundtrack from a movie or something on youtube or something from somewhere but 
the problems always arise, just like you said a few minutes ago, ads are going to pop up or you have to have multiple screens open. So the, the, the fact that you guys are really engineering this one portal, this one tool to not only give background music and flavor, but actual kind of real time sound effects that can bring players into the game. I mean, there's something about as a player saying, okay, I cast fireball and there's this big giant explosion. And there's something different about the player saying, I cast fireball and the GM making the fireball sound effect happen. That's pretty cool. Especially if I don't expect it. <laughs> I, I don't think many people could say, yeah, if I could get John Williams to score my games, <laughs> they would be worse. That I would not enjoy that. And it, it comes down to ease of use, 100%. If, if you can make adding audio to my games easy, then I would love to do it. But that is that has been the barrier. Uh, you know, I'm not a technical guy. I know I run a podcast, but I rely on the kindness of many strangers and other people to help me do this. Uh, so I have two questions I want to get to. First one regarding that is we play a lot of our games online. So I don't know how that would work. Like, would I play the audio and actually out loud and allow my computer speakers to, to send it to everyone else? Or is there a way to integrate it into Hangouts or Roll20 or Realmworks or whatever the other one is I can't think of right now so that everyone actually hears it directly? Because you're going to lose some quality if you do it the first way. So, so what are you guys doing for that aspect? And then I have another question when you're done with that one. Absolutely. That has probably been the most asked question so far. So you're right on the money, Michael. There are some options. There's likely uh, either it's going to be through creating an API of our own or um, with like Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, Battlegrounds, or any one of these guys that have an API where the audio can play directly through. Right now, it's more of a uh, of a question of we have to make sure that we learn how to walk before we run. Right now, it's making sure that we establish the audio library. We get our talent under contract. We have the funds to build the tools that we have laid out. So the tools that exist right now are from the Realm Sound project, which is that precursor Realm Sound, that's not BattleBards. BattleBards is actually going to be kind of a quantum leap forward. So um, be, from all that feedback that we've gotten of, hey, guys, it's a no-brainer. This has to go into virtual tabletops and through VoIP and everything. We know it. We got it. It has to happen. Um, and that's going to be our number one priority as soon as we can get our feet on the ground. But right now, it's let's get the library created. So, boy, you, you better believe that as soon as we can figure out how to get going, uh, that's going to be our next technical challenge that that's going to be what we're going to be focused on because it's just a no-brainer it has to happen 100 percent agree i'm glad that uh, i'm not the first person i'm sure i won't be the last person to ask that so i mean i'm sold like i if you can make this easy to do i want to do it so i'm checking out your kickstarter project which is currently live uh you've only been alive for a couple of days and you're already over 50 percent funding goals so it looks like you're well on your way to success uh, but that always begs the question how much does it cost and what am I getting for my money? Sure. So everything is uh, right there on the uh, a table if you scroll down. So that's been another question is, well, what are we really getting uh, for our, our pledges? And, um, you know, what is a service going to cost norm normally? So um, we have recently uh, released the pricing that we expect to charge uh, post-launch and that you'll see based on... Um, an amortization of how much you're pledging and how many months of subscription we give you and the tier we give you, you could see uh, the discount. So 
it's we we just wanted to make it clear that the time to get into this is right now because not only will you get those months for that rate that's going to be your renewal rate going into perpetuity so if you think that gaming is going to be a hobby that's going to stick around for a while for you and the fact that we're going to be growing this library month after month with the same quality you really need to get on this right now so you can kind of how you know take benefit of the rates that you can lock in all right, so I'm taking a look at the chart that you referenced and the the most economical version, I get, well, let me say this, the most introductory offer level is the apprentice level. It's uh, $8 and that gives you access to two months of the service. Doesn't give you any stretch goals. So basically you get the 500 plus tracks that are on the system. The, what I would kind of consider the core version is called champion. It's $50. That gives you access for 12 months and it gives you everything down to the soundboard and the mixer that we were talking about. And then the ultimately it looks like for $300, you get everything for a lifetime. So that's limited because <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Okay. So yeah, I know. Um, and that's something that Ken, uh, one of our co-founders, a great guy, he's been our ninja. He's just been setting up um, all these, you know, great talks and everything. Um, that's something he convinced me of. He's like, dude, we have to do something mind-blowingly crazy for uh, one of the pledges. And he says, dude, what if we allowed, you know, some people to just be members forever and not paying anything else? I'm like, well, okay, man, let's do it. So that's that's that one. Yeah, that one's pretty pretty nuts. Yeah, but I mean, I think what I really like about your your structure there is if uh, if you're someone like me that, you know, I would like to do this, not sure if I try it for a few times and it doesn't work, eight bucks, I mean, that's a trip to McDonald's and I need less of those anyway. So that's not really going to hurt me. Uh, I try for two months and if I like it, yeah, I'm going to spend a few extra bucks a year if I keep doing the monthly renewal, but it's not prohibitive to do it that way. But if you're someone who uses audio now, you already know that you're going to use it. There's some very, you know, uh, economical levels that you can get in. You get the reduced monthly rate after that. So if this is something you're going to use, I, I think your pricing structure, you know, as the layman who doesn't know any better looking at it right now, it looks great to me. Cool. Cool. Very nice. That's great feedback um, to give people an example of also what they're getting. So first, uh, I'll throw the gauntlet down. All right. So. This is this is this is official. Our strong stance is we are providing the best fantasy audio in the world, and we stand behind that 100%. Don't take my word for it. Listen to it. So if you go to our Kickstarter, if you go to our page, BattleBars.com, you can hear the stuff that we produce. Uh, and again, I think it will become clear that you'll see that we work with national talent. Um, so that not only is this library, you know, kind of seen to, to our, our goal is to have it initially start so large, it will keep growing month after month. So more of this stuff will be, will be coming in. So I invite you guys check it out, see what, see what you think. Um, uh, I'm glad, uh, I think Caleb is you, you listened to the, the dwarf temple, the dwarf ceremony tracks, which, uh, oh my gosh, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, so to give you guys an idea, also is, is you know the the talent gets a ton, like, really all the credit for the fact that this is so good. Um, but as far as what goes on our side on research, I would say that each track or each pack of sound effects, for instance, takes about 50 man hours from creative brief to final production, uh, and a lot of that is from all the research that we do. So you know people's concepts of dwarf dark elf orc is very different 
And that's because it's usually shaped by the types of games they play, the books they read, or what have you. So the as far as the research that's done is, we take what we feel are the most iconic aspects of races, classes, locations, sound effects, what have you, and we put it together, I put it together into a creative brief that then goes to the artist. So when you hear, our goal is when you hear like the Dwarf Ceremony track, the Orc Feast, the Halfling Camp Song, Almost any gamer out there could literally hear a couple seconds of it and go, yep, that's, I know who that is. That's a dark elf. That's a dwarf. And, and a lot of that goes into the painstaking research we do, uh, into doing this. Also, um, something that's unique to Battle Bards is how we get our audio. Um, by the way, there's a lot of great fantasy audio out there, guys. Some un unbelievable stuff. So in no way am I de degrading the great stuff out there that we even use because it's amazing. But there, some of the common traps that I've seen from some of the artists out there is they'll tend to work. An artist will simply try to release a bunch of stuff or a couple artists will try to do everything. And that doesn't tend to work out as well as it could. Why? Because everyone has their own core competency. Everyone has their own things that they excel at. So one artist, for example, can put together an unbelievable dwarf temple song or, you know, a gnome celebration, but not necessarily a voiceover or or you know an elf dirge or another celebration track because i mean everyone has their expertise somewhere so what we do is we literally make artists compete for every single track that we admit so not only uh through those hours um do we go through each audition and we provide feedback to make sure that each audition is at the highest level that it could be but even still we we kind of shortlist we choose a very select number of of artists that get to make it through so we do tend to have those go-to artists um for music i love to cite three main guys mark chillette also known by goof parade richard daskaz and the electric mic orchestra um so we we don't hand them anything they just continuously produce gold and that's why we have uh slated to have so much of their works licensed through battle bards um but still they know that whenever there's a new gig announced or whenever there's a new audio need it's back to you know making sure that they could produce something that's going to make the cut and not everything they do makes the cut uh and i think that really goes to the quality that that we're we're producing that's awesome it's it's really glad uh I am really glad to hear that you guys are not just making a product and releasing it. You guys are creating an environment for this type of tool to thrive and grow and develop. Uh, one of the things I noticed as I was looking through all the different uh, things listed on the Kickstarter page is that you're... you're you're very clearly having a membership ongoing, which means there's more sound, there's more clips, there's more things always coming out. Uh, and if we go to the very bottom of the Kickstarter page, uh, you start listing things about different uh, add-on packs and different sound packs um, to, to expand the tools that we have. So I, I really like seeing what is kind of down the road, what you have pitched as the next level of development so to speak because i think first off that just makes me really excited because i can see what i might get and the the writer part of me says oh well if i have these types of sound effects i want to write this type of game so that i can use them uh, yeah so I, I work the same way sometimes <laughs> i'll i'll listen to something um 
you know, like the Elvin Dirge, and I'm like, oh my god, what a beautiful, beautiful piece of, piece of track, and you know, what a beautiful work. Okay, so how can I make Elv elves really sad in my game in the next session? You know, why? Let's now, now I got to come up with a reason uh, to have elves sing a dirge. So yeah, no, it, it's funny how the way that works, and you know, a lot, a lot of people will see that as kind of backwards uh, when creating a session, and it kind of is. But when you're when you're starting, when you're starting off point is a piece of deep emotional kind of depth. Uh, then you're kind of starting to gear up a very emotional, very dramatic, and a very interesting uh, gaming session for your players because that's your jumping off point. So yeah, I mean, and it's not even just uh, Battle Bards audio, but the fact that you can also bring your own library and um, uh, tracks that you like to work with often can easily be included as well um, in any way that you want. It's just the convenience. Having it all right there in one screen in front of you is absolutely key. And I noticed also that as uh, you pledge higher in the Kickstarter levels, you get access to an offline mode as well so that you can play around with the soundboard and the mixer uh, in your own time if you're you know, off the library or at the restaurant or something and uh, you know, just kick around some creative process there and not be linked uh, to the internet in case you're in a weird spot. So that's really cool too. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we know that in an ideal world, even with how connected the USA is still, I mean, some people play really deep in, you know, their parents' basement or their own basement or in a park, they need to be able to bring that audio anywhere that they game. So what we have is we'll have options that, uh, if you're on a laptop or, you know, I don't think you're carrying a desktop around, but if you're on a laptop, you can bring over all those playlists, all those mixes, whatever you need to then take it to wherever you guys game. And that is also really good for all the cons that are coming up. Uh, we are approaching con season here. Right. And, right. And, and while battle bards might not be a hundred percent ready to go for this year's con season, it's, definitely going to be something we can make use of next year so when we're going to uh gen con or origins or i don't know maybe a local neighborhood con like a catacon if you can just bring your laptop set it up at the table and have your sound lists and sound effects ready to go that just makes for a really really cool con game Absolutely, absolutely, and I think I think it was Michael. You 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 were talking about it. Where what a difference when I tell my players, okay, well, the BBG cast lightning bolt, you know, roll your decks or, you know, roll uh, roll reflex, and then it's like, okay, well, the BBG cast a spell, and then you hit play, and then you hear this wind up, you hear this booming crash, and then your players are looking at you like, that that's a lightning bolt spell, yeah. So now now give me a save, and it's just that feeling of. That, that immersive aspect of like, wow, this is some pretty crazy stuff that we're in, or um, hearing a red dragon come down with its, you know, two, you know, tree trunk sized legs breaking the ground with each step, blasting a part of the wall with its breath weapon. It, it, it just adds that color, that context that you can't get anywhere else. I really like that part of it because as a GM, well, let's say as a very amateur GM, because I'm by no means the best. Uh, I always try to add in a little bit of those sound effects when I'm describing the dragon landing and attacking or the sizzle of the lightning bolt. I'll try to throw in the words or a very half-assed, horrible attempt at making the sound effects myself. And I always feel really, really silly. But being able just to hit the button and not only supply it, but like I really latched onto what you just said. The bad guy casts a spell. 
and you hit the button and let the sound effect describe it for the players. That is such a cool, immersive way to play the game. And um, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because there's, there's, when you start bringing audio in, it's a tool set. Think the GM needs to think of it as a tool set. And there's a couple neat tools. So first of all, um, we're creating a video series, which is in post right now. We got two videos in post called audio and gaming, where we kind of showcase all the different ways that audio could be used to heighten and make a game more immersive. One of those is to do exactly what you said, Caleb, let the audio do the talking for you. So in one example, um, I had my, uh, my, my characters and we, we did a, a mock-up of this, this real life example in one of these videos where they were running away from, you know, they're in a dungeon, they're running away from a huge skeletal undead, uh, and they just run into the room. The skeleton knows where they are. So I told my players, all right, hold up. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to give you guys a real life counter. And I brought up a little counter on my computer and this is how it's going to go. You will know when you're out of time to decide what to do to kind of, uh, I guess, be a jerky DM, kind of add a new spin to the game, kind of really make them kind of panic. And the way I did that timer is every, I think it was like every 12 seconds or every 10 seconds, I would do, I would have a thud. And we have like all kinds of different sound effects. It's like blunt weapon hitting wooden door, wooden shield, which sounds great. So it would be a progressively crazier thud. First, it starts with like thud, thud. And then you have crunch crunch and then crash crash where you could hear the wooden beams crumble and then they know well holy crap that's it we're out of time hide under the bed do something crazy um so when you start incorporating different ways of of, of bringing audio in there's so many fun things that you could do another example would be um the and we did this mock-up in in the um, videos as well the pcs used catapults to fire at a nearby kind of rickety stone tower to bring that crashing onto like a dinosaur, or, you know, one of these creatures that there's no hope they could have taken. And so I, I, I had a feeling that they were, they were going to do that. So I had this audio set up ahead of time and we used one of the audios called thunderous roar where you hear, you know, and I mixed it. And again, using our mixer, you could hear this tower stone tower crumbling down on the creature. It roars in pain. And then as the rocks start to settle, you can hear another little moan. And the players looked at me like, well, did we kill it? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. What did you guys hear? So this whole time they were hanging like, dude, we need to know. Like, are we? do we have to run or do we dig? And I'm like, hey, that's what you guys heard. I don't know what you want from me. So there is just so much fun you could have in that regard. That's really cool because you're, you're really, in those examples, blurring the line between playing the game and the reality of being in the game. And in in a situation like that, if I was running without sound effects, I would say, all right, you guys fire off these trebuchets and you hit the thing and it roars. Everyone make a perception check. And in that moment, the players know there's something they should be hearing most of the time. And if I say, well, you didn't hear anything. Well, crap, we probably missed something. Someone didn't have enough bonuses, blah, blah, blah. All those old jokes pop up. Um, but if I'm just playing the sound effect and what if only one person picked up on that last little moan, then yep. that one player is like, no, dude, I totally heard it. No, no, you didn't. We totally killed it. No, he's right there. So you're, you're, you're making the players really kind of embody their characters, uh, in those moments. And that just makes for 
a more intense, a more involved, a more organic game. And those are always the catchwords Michael and I always throw around about trying to get to that point. And there have been so many developments in gaming recently about bringing people together. This is just the next level. This is the next evolution. Now we're all together, whether we're physically together, whether we're streaming on virtual tabletop somewhere, we're all together. Now we need to take that next step and all together jump into the gaming world. So the fact that Battle Bards is really facilitating that movement is really, really cool. Uh, and I think one of the things, you touched on it briefly a while ago, but I just want to highlight it. With all the different sound effects that we have access to in Battle Bards, each of those sound effects are also editable through just the drag and click mixing tools. That's right. Yep. So when there's a, let's say there's the fireball spell, because that's the example we've used a couple times here, the sound effect might be spell incantation, wind up, and then explosion. But if I don't want the incantation because I just want to use the wind up and the explosion, I can do that. I have the ability to change these samples that you've given us. And it's a great, great point, Caleb. Thanks so much for bringing that up. And to do that literally takes a second. So on the Battle Bard service, you're going to have the waveform of the file. So you're going to know exactly where you need to do the cropping. And it is a click and drag. And that's how, for example, in some of the examples that we used in videos, uh, yeah, in some of the videos we've done, we had the fireball uh, spell sound effect be catapult shot. Because then all I took out, all I did was I took out the wind up, then I got the toss, the bang, and then the rumbling after. That's a catapult pitch. I mean, it sounds just like it. it sounds like anything else that's being lobbed and explodes in fiery devastation. That's something you can do, and you could do just right off the bat. So yeah, I know. And, and um, being able to crop tracks um, also means that you can get so much mileage from these voiceovers. You could have the whole 30 second, 45 second, or whatever happens to be voiceover, or you can have the barmaid say, what do you want? I mean, just crop it out. You can have it fade in, fade out, do whatever you want with it. But you can just simply take that piece and go, you know, okay, well, I just wanted to list the ales available. Or I just wanted to greet the party, or I want the whole thing. And the fact that you could just do that by clicking and dragging kind of really adds a lot more mileage from this. So let me ask you guys. When I tell you guys, you know, we want to bring voiceovers to tabletop gaming, what are your guys' thoughts first? Like, wh wh what are some uh, doubts or excitement, or what comes to mind? Well, my first thought would be the difficulty in editing or finding a track that's going to fit the unique situation that I have set up in my world that it would be great but I'm I'm going to have to write a story that makes the voiceover work rather than finding a voiceover that's going to match what I'm doing. Okay, fair enough, Caleb, anything? I have two reactions to that. One being that's really really exciting to me. Because I feel that what I lack as a GM is being able to do the different voices and jump into these personas as the NPCs. I want to be able to do that. I see other GMs that do that, and I'm very envious of that skill. So having that at the click of the button is really cool to me. The other answer, though, my other response is, like Michael said, I'm a little bit hesitant about trying to find the exact thing that works or worrying about being a little bit too reliant on it. You know, am I just 
pushing that one sample or am I trying to hold a whole conversation through it? I mean, I get obsessed with these little details. So I'm really split between the two reactions. Awesome. Awesome. So then let's let's talk about that because that is probably the most common reaction we get when we're trying to introduce a new type of audio into tabletop gaming. So first of all, the voiceovers. The voiceovers center on some of the most common NPC interactions out there. The stuff that normally becomes an exercise in accounting, whether it's, you know, PCs, we go to the tavern just to relax or buy some drinks, or let's go to the weapons shop, or let's go weaponsmith, armorsmith, uh, potion maker, because we need to stock up on cures, we're going to upgrade our plus two to plus three. It's just kind of those humdrum moments. Now, if you as a DM have something super particular in mind, you have it scripted, no, that tavern, you know, the, the pink nail needs to be, that's a halfling owner, and he's exactly 67 years old, and he has a script. I mean, great, you could keep doing that. Yeah, the chances are that we have something exactly like that. It's pretty slim. But if it's something that's just going to be like, yeah, okay, okay, well, you know, you're greeted by, uh, you know, a wench. Well, what, what would you guys have? Okay, go ahead and here, uh, two silvers for each ale. Now there's a new tool set. If you don't have something scripted, if you don't have something ready, if you don't have this particular NPC in mind, and you still want to keep that immersive nature of you know the storytelling environment, you can pick one of these NPC interactions off the shelf, and it's going to come prepackaged with that accent, ambiance, color, accents, you know, uh, all this other stuff that the GM's not going to have to do on the fly. And the fact that you can also crop it anywhere you want means you can get any part of it that helps to bring your story along further. So if, you know, uh, if I don't have, if my party is literally at a random town, so when we go to the tavern, I could either have one that I'm kind of thinking that I want to plop in this town, or I can just pull one off the shelf and go here. And as a GM now, I have some new content that I didn't have to particularly prep for, whether that's certain drinks that are available or food or, uh, you know, some interesting character, you know, some interesting background in this character. This guy kind of sounds sleazy or, or tough or something. I can then now roll with that as kind of a primer to move forward. And I can, as a GM, I can go as far as that, as far with that as I want. I could simply go, okay, well guys, that's your introduction. What do you guys want? Two ales, you know, two silver for an ale. Okay, great. Or, you know, I can go, okay, well, so you guys want to play Goblin Toss? My PCs go, great. I'm like, all right, let's roll with it. Let's, let's see what Goblin Toss is going to be. Give me a strength check. Pick up the guy next to you and throw him. So that's the new tool set that we're thinking uh, voiceovers is really going to bring in a very powerful way. Does that sort of kind of, kind of answer those uh, initial concerns that it's not so much to replace the GM having to improv stuff that's scripted so much as it is this kind of NPC generator to add this new color to the game. I think like my, my initial thought is that makes sense, but I'll, I'll need to hear it or see it in practice before I truly get it. And, you know, and either I'll be like, okay, great. Or no, but until I actually either try it or maybe I listen to a podcast. I don't know if you've got any relationships set up and like having someone use it for an example, something like that, uh, to see it in play, uh, that, that would be helpful. So, and then that actually kind of leads into my next question is, I, I know you've talked a lot about how easy this is going to be to manage at the table, uh, but what sort of tutorials or instruction process do you have for those of you like me who are kind of technically backwards? I want to do this, but it's easy, but is it going to be easy for me? Absolutely. So for Realm Sound, uh, when we first released those tools, we did release kind of a tutorial video 
you know, here's how you add tracks to the library. Here's how you populate a playlist. Uh, here's how you do a mix. We're going to have all that with BattleBuds as well. We also have, like I, I kind of mentioned before, two we have two video series. One is audio and gaming. The other one's called Beyond the Title. Uh, so audio and gaming is just that. It's here are all the various ways in which audio can be used in a game, whether that's going to be through a voiceover or, you know, kind of um, player interaction, NPC interaction, scene accenting, scene narration. Here's all the various ways that we can see it. Then there's also Beyond the Title, which is exploring all the different uses that each audio track has beyond simply what it's titled. Um, so, for example, what sounds like you know, what we have titled, you know, heavy blunt hitting wooden shield could sound like hitting a door. It could sound like a coin purse uh, falling out. You'd be surprised by by the sound. There's a lot of different things that you can do with it. As far as specific tutorials, you know, here is how the setup would look like. Here's what you'd have to have on the screen. Here's your playlist. We're going to have that content as well. All right. Very, very cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I think the... um. The, the fact that you're planning this ahead of time with the release speaks to just how much you want this to succeed and how much you want every person who's part of it to succeed in their usage of it. That also leads into something I noticed. A, cu a couple of things on the Kickstarter page mentioned the community. And if I'm understanding this properly, people who use BattleBards are able to upload their edits and creations to a community page so other people can check those out. That's right. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I keep forgetting that, much to Kin's chagrin there. But yes, you're absolutely right. So if I did this great mix of, you know, an incantation with a spell that I think other people would like, I can throw that up, kind of build popularity as a guy who's putting together really, really cool mixes. Um, so as a user who maybe isn't so inclined to putting mixes together, I can just browse a huge page of any kind of mix that people put together, bring that into my soundboard, done. That's cool. Uh, I think overall, uh, speaking in vast generalities, the coolest part of the gaming hobby is the community. The fact that we're all doing the same thing, but doing it in so many different ways and so many different flavors, but we're all sharing that experience is really what appeals to me the most. In, in my evolution and growth as a gamer, I have uh, shifted much more towards the collective storytelling and the collective game as opposed to the 12-hour marathon power gamer that I used to be in college. Um, and the community supports that. You know, we the community aspect supports that. The fact that we can get together online and play with people across the country, across the world, the fact that we can share our own homebrew rules and concepts the fact that we can now share our own auditory flavor of the game, of the world with Battle Bards, it just helps really unite all the players. And sure, we're always going to argue and disagree about something because we're humans. And I think when you gravitate towards being a gamer, you like to argue about different things. <laughs> if the forums tell us anything, we like to disagree. Uh, but we also like to share stuff, and there's a level of pride that we get from saying, hey, look what I did. What do you think about it? So a the Absolutely, fact that, yeah. Yeah, the fact that Battle Bards lets us do that, too, is really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, 
gamers that I've been playing for years can, you know, will, will likely relate to the fact that, you know, even at the Orange County Gaming Group, we'll talk about gaming scenes and sequences and stuff that happened like 10 years ago. And we'll talk about them with such passion. We'll talk about it, you know, as if it happened yesterday. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe you charged those lines and then you dove into the river and blew up the barge because you got two 20s in a row. My God, that was amazing. Um, you know, we or, or how characters evolve. You know, we tend to be very story driven in our games. I mean, we, in Orange County Gaming Group, we, we run all kinds of games where, from the hack and slash to the extremely deep story focused games. Uh, Wizard of the Rose, which I run, has been going for five years now. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I take a little bit of maybe uh, quasi perverse pride in having made cl players cry before, rage, um, you know, just uh, want to punch me in the face or want to give me a hug uh, because of those really deep stories that they get into with some of the NPCs, with each other, you know, kind of evolving backstories and playing that right theme at the right time. I can't explain it it's like magic when we had for example um just off the top of my head a, a great example of that was one of the pcs uh, uh you know over years of playing discovered that one of the npcs was her father and her father sacrificed herself for her uh and as she as she was just realizing the sacrifice that he made as that just came happen i think i played the track uh from the movie wally uh, static or fixing Wally with this really kind of very somber, kind of sad track, she fell apart. And I mean, I kind of feel bad about that, but you know. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Okay, okay. I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Okay, so maybe I didn't feel super bad, but um, but just goes to show you know, kind of the deep meaning of gaming. Um, and we still talk about that. Yeah, she's not mad at me anymore, but she's, you know, and that's how that evolved. But I could not have pulled that off without the right track, without the right context. Um, another example that I like to cite is how I even discovered audio in gaming. And um, back when I was a teenager, um, uh, we, you know, I was playing with my, you know, with my friends. We're all, you know, teenage guys. We're bouncing off the walls. We came back from lunch, way too much sugar in our systems. And I thought, oh man, we're just coming back from McDonald's and we had, you know, the large soda. And now I need to run them through a dramatic scene. There's no way I'm going to pull this off. They're just going to do fart jokes uh, during this. And that's just going to be terrible. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to borrow the emotional context from a track. So what the hell do I mean? Well, what I did was the scene that I was running that we were coming back into from dinner was very similar to the scene from Braveheart. I don't know if you guys remember when William Wallace is on horseback and he's starting to walk back or he's starting to trot back at, right after his wife was killed. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Great. 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 Mike, I, I love that energy. So that, that emotional connection you have to that largely comes from the song also called or the track called Revenge. And it's this very iconic track so as soon as i started playing that my players instantly went from bouncing off the walls to holy crap whoa 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 this this track we kind of know what happened in the movie when this track happened there's some major stuff going down and when with their emotions flipping on a dime like that i'm like whoa this is powerful stuff man i really had these guys turn on a dime and again, that's the power of audio. It, it lets the GM toy with emotional states. It lets you dial in the energy that you need at the right time. So kind of the way that I would 
kind of wrap this up because I think we're getting close to the end here. We have a couple couple things at the end we need to do, so I want to make sure we leave a little bit of time. Is that um, audio is a tool that the GMs can have in their toolbox, and like most other tools, if you use them well, whether it be accents, uh, lighting, props, whatever these things are, if you do those well, they can only enhance your game. The fear is that you won't do them well. Like you do a bad Jamaican accent, for example, and rather than immersing your player into it, it just makes everybody laugh or come out of the game. So what you're trying to do is trying to make this tool easy and accessible for all levels of GMs because it will enhance the game if they do it correctly. That's right. Absolutely. So the, the, the tools are as simple as we can make them. Um, and we have some other exciting ideas to bring these tools even closer, but you're absolutely right. Uh, from advice for, you know, for GMs out there that really want to, you know, start getting into some audio and gaming. And by the way, what you don't have to, you don't have to score every single bit of your track. You don't have to have sound effects for everything. It could simply be audio for those special moments. Maybe when they're fighting the BBEG to accent the fact that, wait, so when a normal rank and file guy casts lightning bolt, we just say it's lightning bolt, but when he does it, you guys are playing the track. Okay, that means something else. That means that's the BBG. You don't have to narrate. You don't have to underscore the whole thing. You can sprinkle it in. But for those who are just starting and want to be even more involved in audio practice, I mean, that's all there really is to it. Um, can contact me anytime. Boy, you know I'm pretty passionate about this. I could talk anyone's ear off to death. Be happy to tell you what my experiences have been. Yeah, we'll, we'll put links in, obviously, into the show notes, to the Kickstarter. Uh, are you, you're on, well, you are on Twitter, I know, because I talked to you. Uh, so we'll put your uh, your Twitter information there. We'll try to get some people to interact with you. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, it looks like you're well on your way to funding regardless, but hopefully at least some of our listeners will check things out and take a listen as well. So what's next? So let's, let's assume you're going to fund, because it looks like it. What's after that? Is it just more of what we have, more tracks, that kind of thing? Or are there other improvements that you can touch on? So one of the things that we've been asked as far as once we kind of, again, find our legs, it will be kind of integration with some of the online tools. That's something that we definitely want to tackle. Another one will eventually be other genres. So sci-fi, for instance, modern, cyberpunk, those are ones we want to do as well. Now, unlike some other people that, uh, again, do great work, but they, they, they shift genre too quick, we want to make sure that we're fully serving fantasy before we move on. Make sure that we kind of giving gamers a lot of the stuff, almost everything that they could want, and then kind of, you know, we'll always be growing our library. But before we move, we don't want to move too quick. So that's something that's going to be coming up. As far as what's immediately coming up for the Kickstarter, what we're super excited about is letting our backers tell us what to source. So for those of you out there listening, um, these are starting with the stretch goals in which we're going to take an audio need from every stretch goal and letting you guys tell us what you want that to be. And that's going to be done through like a survey monkey vote, which we did in Realm Sound. So whatever you're playing and you think, you know, we've got some, you know, uh, stone giants coming soon. Boy, I'd like to get a stone giant monsterscape. Let us know. Awesome. So I'll, I'll wrap up here, then I'll turn it over to Caleb for any final questions or thoughts. But uh, but we ha- we can't go a full episode without mentioning Catacon. We already done it once. So this is our second. Hey, I had an awesome transition into that mention. You did. Don't don't negate how awesome I did that. And I'm just I'm just cutting it in there like this. This is just going to fit in there. I think I'm going to challenge Caleb right now on air because we're having this in November. It's going to be a little cool. But I think we should do an outside, because we're doing it like a park, find a campground, build a fire, and you run a Dread game with some audio sound from Battle Bards on a laptop. 
if you need some suggestions, if you need some suggestions for that, Caleb, I could so help you for, with that. No worries, man. There you, there you go. Al, Alex can work with you. We can make this happen. I think that'll be like our premiere event. Everyone will want that. It's fucking on. <laughs> awesome. Let's do we it. have our first scheduled event. Great. All right, Caleb, do you have anything else for our guest tonight? Well, just just thanks. Thank you so much for jumping on with here, Alex. You you really sold something that didn't need to be sold because we all know how great it is, but you just took it over the top. Um, thank you for your time uh, with us. Thank you for putting this together. Um, as Michael said, uh, all the links and everything will be in the show notes here. I think the most important thing to tell our listeners is some people are going to see this product, listen to this interview, and immediately latch on to the power of these tools. Other people are going to listen to this and say, that's really cool, but I don't think that's for me. And that's fine. While Michael and I love this product and this concept, our overall theme here at the RPG Academy, as always, is that if you're having fun, you're doing it right. And if it doesn't sound fun to you to play with the soundboards and have your laptop up and try to mix all this stuff together, then don't do it. But if you think it would be really cool to try to learn how to do this or bring it in, even little by little, like Alex said, even just filtering it in for that big boss fight or bringing in just a tiny bit of background noise to sell a really dramatic scene or set that travel into the wild, you can do that. Battle Bards will let you go as deep as you want or be as basic as you want. So don't think you have to jump into the deep end. The tools are there and the tutorials are there to start in the shallow end and learn what the hell you're doing. Couldn't have put it better myself, Caleb. Um, yeah, you know, we know that this might not be for everyone. That is totally cool. Uh, tabletop gaming, gaming tends to be a very personal experience. Everyone has their own tools, their own way of doing things. We just want to offer one more for those that are interested. But absolutely. I mean, I, I love hearing your guys' uh, tag. Uh, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Um, that's, boy, that, that is, that is the, the motto for gaming, period. So absolutely. Excellent. Well, Alex, I appreciate you, uh, your time tonight as well. I know Kel mentioned that. Uh, I think we're ready to transition out. Now, we, uh, for the longest time, we were always asking our, our guests some, some advice. You know, like, one, what's, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a new gamer or player? And uh, after a while, that started getting repetitious because most people were hitting the same things. You know, uh, fun before rules, story over mechanics, uh, just have fun, go with it, that kind of thing, which is all great advice, and it fits well with our motto. But it got to the point where I don't I didn't feel like we were adding anything new. And we had a great suggestion from one of our uh, followers to do a choose your own adventure style game with each of our guests. And we just started it. We actually only had one step. I kind of forgot it with one of our guests because I did it by myself and Caleb wasn't there. Uh, so you're going to be our second participant. So you are playing a wizard. So we're just going to give you a couple just a little scene and then you get to make a choice and then that's pretty much it and then we will continue this on and on as we go caleb do you have that scenario ready so alex you are a wizard you find yourself at the mouth of a cave sent here by your master as a trial of courage you see the open mouth of the cave before you 
you have heard rumors of a secret entrance. Do you enter the cave mouth, or do you search for the secret entrance? Boy, there's a whole analysis I could do here, but test of courage, I'll go into the the mouth of the cave. Yeah, fuck yeah, you do. <laughs> awesome. All right, that's it. You will have to wait for our next show and tell to find out what your wizard or the next guest wizard encounters inside the mouth of the cave. Uh, once again, Alex, thank you so much for your time. For Caleb and myself, this has been a great interview. Uh, well, that sounds weird. It sounds like we did a great interview. We want to say thank you for the great interview. And for everyone listening, please check out the Kickstarter. See if this is something that you guys can support. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks again, Alex. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.